Section 12, Book 13, Part 1 of the Autobiography of Goethe, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Autobiography of Goethe, Volume 2 From My Life, Poetry, and Truth by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Translated by John Oxenford. 1812 to 1877. Book 13, Part 1. It was agreed with Merck that in the fine season we should meet at Koblenz, at Frau von LaRouche's. I sent to Frankfurt my baggage and whatever I might want on my way down the lawn by an opportunity which offered, and now wandered down that beautiful river, so lovely in its windings, so various in its shores, free as to my resolution, but oppressed as to my feelings, in a condition when the presence of silently living nature is so beneficial to us. My eye, accustomed to discern those beauties of a landscape that suited the painter and were above him, rioted in the contemplation of near and distant objects, of bushy rocks, of sunny heights, of damp valleys, of enthroned castles, and of the blue range of mountains inviting us from the distance. I wandered on the right bank of the river, which at some depth and distance below me, and partly concealed by a rich bush of willows, glided along in the sunlight. Then again arose in me the old wish worthily to imitate such objects. By chance I had a handsome pocket-knife in my left hand, and at the moment from the depth of my soul arose, as it were, an absolute command, according to which, without delay, I was to fling this knife into the river. If I saw it fall, my wish to become an artist would be fulfilled, but if the sinking of the knife was concealed by the overhanging bush of willows, I was to abandon the wish and the endeavor. This whim had no sooner arisen in me than it was executed for without regarding the usefulness of the knife, which comprised many instruments in itself, I cast it with the left hand as I held it violently towards the river. But here I had to experience that deceptive ambiguity of oracles, of which in antiquity such bitter complaints were made. The sinking of the knife into the water was concealed from me by the extreme twigs of the willows, but the water, which rose from the fall, sprang up like a strong fountain, and was perfectly visible. I did not interpret this phenomenon in my favor, and the doubt which it excited in me was afterwards the cause that I pursued these exercises more interruptedly and more negligently, and gave occasion to the import of the oracle to fulfill itself. For the moment, at least, the external world was spoiled for me. I abandoned myself to my imaginations and feelings, and left the well-situated castles and districts of Weilberg, Limburg, Dietz, and Nassau, one by one behind me, generally walking alone, but often for a short time associating myself with another. After thus pleasantly wandering for some days, I arrived at Ems, where I several times enjoyed the soft bath, and then went down the river in a boat. Then the old Rhine opened itself to me, 
the beautiful situation of oberlostein delighted me but noble and majestic above all appeared to me the castle of ehrenbreitstein which stood perfectly armed in its power and strength in most lovely contrast lay at its feet the well-built little palace called thal where i could easily find my way to the residence of privy councillor von la Rouche. announced by merck i was very kindly received by this noble family and soon considered as a member of it my literary and sentimental tendencies bound me to the mother a cheerful feeling for the world bound me to the father and my youth bound me to the daughters the house quite at the end of the valley and little elevated above the river had a free prospect down the stream the rooms were high and spacious and the walls like a gallery were hung with pictures placed close together every window on every side formed a frame to a natural picture which came out very vividly by the light of a mild sun i thought i had never seen such cheerful mornings and such splendid evenings i was not long the only guest in the house as a member of the congress which was held here partly with an artistic view partly as a matter of feeling luke sterling who came up from dusseldorf was likewise appointed this man possessed a fine knowledge of modern literature had on different travels but especially during a residence in switzerland made many acquaintances and he was pleasant and insinuating had gained much favor he carried with him several boxes which contained the confidential correspondence with many friends for there was altogether such a general openness among people that one could not speak or write to a single individual without considering it directed to many one explored one's own heart and that of others and with the indifference of the government towards such a communication the great rapidity of the taxish post the security of the seal and the reasonableness of the postage this moral and literary intercourse soon spread itself around footnote the post managed by the princes of thurn and taxis in different parts of germany an ancestor of this home first directed the post system in tyrol in fourteen fifty and alexander ferdinand von thurn received in seventeen forty four the office of imperial postmaster-general as a fief of the empire translator and footnote such correspondences especially with important persons were carefully collected and extracts from them were often read at friendly meetings thus as political discourses had little interest one became pretty well acquainted with the extent of the moral world luxoring's boxes contained many treasures in this sense the letters of one julie blondelli were very much esteemed she was famed as a lady of sense and merit and a friend of rousseau whoever had stood in any relation to this extraordinary man took part in the glory which emanated from him and in his name a silent community had been disseminated far and wide i liked to be present at these readings as i was thus transported to the unknown world and learned to know the real truth of many an event that had just passed all indeed was not valuable and herr von la roche a cheerful man of the world and of business who although a catholic had already in his writings made free with the monks and the priesthood 
thought that he here saw a fraternity where many a worthless individual supported himself by a connection with persons of importance by which in the end he but not they were admired generally this excellent man withdrew from the company when the boxes were opened even if he listened to some letters now and then a waggish remark was to be expected among other things he once said that by this correspondence he was still more convinced of what he had always believed namely that ladies might spare their sealing wax as they need only fasten their letters with pins and might be assured that they would reach their address unopened in the same way he was accustomed to jest with everything that lay out of the sphere of life and activity and in this followed the disposition of his lord and master count stadion minister to the elector of mainz who certainly was not fitted to counterbalance the worldliness and coldness of the boy by a reverence for everything like mysterious foreboding an anecdote respecting the great practical sense of the count may here find a place when he took a liking to the orphan laroche and chose him for a pupil he at once required from the boy the services of a secretary he gave him letters to answer dispatches to prepare which he was then obliged to copy fair oftener to write in cipher to seal and to direct this lasted for many years when the boy had grown up into a youth and really did that which he had hitherto only supposed he was doing the count took him to a large writing-table in which all his letters and packets lay unbroken having been preserved as exercises of the former time another exercise which the count required of his pupil will not find such universal applause larouche had been obliged to practise himself in imitating as accurately as possible the handwriting of his lord and master that he might thus relieve him from the trouble of writing himself not only in business but also in love affairs the young man had to take the place of his preceptor the count was passionately attached to a lady of rank and talent if he stopped in her society till late at night his secretary was in the meantime sitting at home and hammering out the most ardent love letters the count chose one of these and sent it that very night to his beloved who was thus necessarily convinced of the inextinguishable fire of her passionate adorer such early experiences were scarcely fitted to give the youth the most exalted notion of written communications about love an irreconcilable hatred of the priesthood had established itself in this man who served two spiritual electors and had probably sprung from the contemplation of the rude tasteless mind-destroying foolery which the monks in germany were accustomed to carry on in many parts and thus hindered and destroyed every sort of cultivation his letters on monasticism caused great attention they were received with great applause by all protestants and many catholics if herr von larouche opposed everything that can be called sensibility and even decidedly avoided the very appearance of it he nevertheless did not conceal a tender paternal affection for his eldest daughter who indeed was nothing else but amiable she was rather short than tall of stature and delicately built her figure was free and graceful her eyes very black while nothing could be conceived purer and more blooming than her complexion she also loved her father 
and inclined to his sentiments being an active man of business most of his time was consumed in works belonging to his calling and as the guests who stopped at his house were really attracted by his wife and not by him society afforded him but little pleasure at the table he was cheerful and entertaining and at least endeavored to keep his board free from the spice of sensibility whoever knows the views and modes of thought of frau von Larouche, and by a long life and many writings she has become honorably known to every german may perhaps suspect that a domestic incongruity must have arisen here nothing of the kind she was the most wonderful woman and i know no other to compare to her slenderly and delicately built rather tall than short she had even to her more advanced years managed to preserve a certain elegance both of form and of conduct which pleasantly fluctuated between the conduct of a noble lady and that of one of the citizen class her dress had been the same for several years a neat little cap with wings very well became her small head and delicate face and her brown or gray clothing gave repose and dignity to her presence she spoke well and always knew how to give importance to what she said by an expression of feeling her conduct was perfectly the same towards everybody but with all this the greatest peculiarity of her character is not yet expressed it is difficult to designate it she seemed to take interest in everything but really nothing acted upon her she was gentle towards every man and could endure everything without suffering the jests of her husband the tenderness of her friends the sweetness of her children to all this she replied in the same manner and thus she always remained herself without being affected in the world by good and evil or in literature by excellence and weakness to this disposition she owes that independence which she maintains even to an advanced age through many sad nay sorrowful events but not to be unjust i must state that her sons then children of dazzling beauty often elicited from her an expression different from that which served her for daily use thus i lived for a time in a wonderfully pleasant society until murk came with his family here arose at once new affinities for while the two ladies approached each other murk had come into closer contact with herr von Larouche as a connoisseur of the world and of business as a well-informed and travelled man the boy associated himself with the boys and the daughters of whom the eldest soon particularly attracted me fell to my share it is a very pleasant sensation when a new passion begins to stir in us before the old one is quite extinct thus when the sun is setting one often likes to see the moon rise on the opposite side and one takes delight in the double lustre of the two heavenly luminaries there was now no lack of rich entertainment neither in or out of the house we wandered about the spot and ascended aaron breitstein on this side of the river and the Carthaus on the other the city the moselle bridge the ferry which took us over the rhine all gave us the most varied delight the new castle was not yet built we were taken to the place where it was to stand and allowed to see the preparatory sketches 
nevertheless amid these cheerful circumstances was internally developed that element of unsociableness which both in cultivated and uncultivated circles ordinarily shows its malign effects murk at once cold and restless and not long listened to that correspondence before he uttered aloud many waggish notions concerning the things which were the subjects of discourse as well as the persons and their circumstances while he revealed to me in secret the oddest things which really were concealed under them political secrets were never touched on nor indeed anything that could have had a definite connection he only made me attentive to persons who without remarkable talents contrived by certain tact to obtain personal influence and by an acquaintance with many try to make something out of themselves and from this time forwards i had opportunity to observe several men of the sort since such persons usually change their place and as travellers come now here now there they have the advantage of novelty which should neither be envied nor spoiled for this is a mere customary matter which every traveller has often experienced to his benefit and every resident to his detriment be that as it may it is enough that from that time forward we cherished an uneasy nay envious attention to people of the sort who went about on their own account cast anchor in every city and sought to gain an influence at least in some families i have represented a tender and soft specimen of this cooperation in pater bray another of more aptness and bluntness in a carnival play to be hereafter published which bears the title satros or the deified wood devil this i have done if not with fairness at least with good humour however the strange elements of our little society still worked quite tolerably upon one another we were partly united by our own manner and style of breeding and partly restrained by the peculiar conduct of our hostess who being but lightly touched by that which passed around her always resigned herself to certain ideal notions and while she understood how to utter them in a friendly and benevolent way contrived to soften everything sharp that might arise in the company and to smooth down all that was uneven murk had sounded a retreat at the right time so that the party separated on the best of terms i went with him and his in a yacht which was returning up the rhine towards mainz and although this vessel went very slowly by itself we nevertheless besought the captain not to hurry himself thus we enjoyed at leisure the infinitely various objects which in the most splendid weather seemed to increase in beauty every hour and both in greatness and agreeableness even to change anew and i only wish that while i utter the names rheinfels and st gore bacharach bingen elfeld and biberich every one of my readers may be able to recall these spots to memory we had sketched industriously and had thus at least gained a deeper impression of the thousandfold changes of those splendid shores at the same time by being so much longer together by a familiar communication on so many sorts of things our connection became so much the more intimate that murk gained a great influence over me and i as a good companion became indispensable to him for a comfortable existence 
my eye sharpened by nature again turned to the contemplation of art for which the beautiful frankfurt collections afforded me the best opportunity both in paintings and engravings and i have been much indebted to the kindness of m m ettling and ehrenreich but especially to the excellent nothingal to see nature in art became with me a passion which in its highest moments must have appeared to others passionate amateurs as they might be almost like madness and how could such an inclination be better fostered than by a constant observation of the excellent works of the netherlanders that i might make myself practically acquainted with these things nothingal gave me a cabinet where i found everything that was requisite for oil painting and painted after nature some simple subjects of still life upon one of which a tortoise shell knife handle inlaid with silver so astonished my master who had first visited me an hour before that he maintained one of his subordinate artists must have been with me during the time had i patiently gone on practising myself on such objects catching their light and the peculiarities of their surface i might have formed a sort of practical skill and made a way of something higher i was however prevented by the fault of all dilettantes that of beginning with what is most difficult and ever wishing to perform the impossible and i soon involved myself in greater undertakings in which i stuck fast but because they were beyond my technical capabilities and because i could not always maintain pure and operative that loving attention and patient industry by which even the beginner accomplishes something at the same time i was once more carried to a higher sphere by finding an opportunity of purchasing some fine plaster casts of antique heads the italians who visit the fairs often brought with them good specimens of the kind and sold them cheap after they had taken moulds of them in this manner i set up for myself a little museum as i gradually brought together the heads of the laucon his sons and niobe's daughters i also bought miniature copies of the most important works of antiquity from the estate of a deceased friend of art and thus sought once more to revive as much as possible the great impression which i had received at mannheim while i now sought to cultivate foster and maintain all the talent taste or other inclination that might live in me i applied a good part of the day according to my father's wish in the duties of an advocate for the practice of which i chanced to find the best opportunity after the death of my grandfather my uncle Texter had come into the council and consigned to me the little offices to which I was equal, while the brothers Schlosser did the same. I made myself acquainted with the documents. My father also read them with much pleasure, as by means of his son he again saw himself in an activity of which he had long been deprived. We talked the matters over, and with great facility I then made the necessary statements we had at hand an excellent copyist on whom one could rely for all legal formalities and this occupation was the more agreeable to me as it brought me closer to my father who being perfectly satisfied with my conduct in this respect readily looked with an eye of indulgence on all my other pursuits in the ardent expectation that i should now soon gather in a harvest of fame as an author 
because now in every epoch all things are connected together since the ruling views and opinions are ramified in the most various manner so in the science of law these maxims were gradually pursued according to which religion and morals were treated among the attorneys as the younger people and then among the judges as the elder a spirit of humanity was diffused and all vied with each other in being as humane as possible even in legal affairs prisons were improved crimes excused punishments lightened legitimations rendered easy separations and mesalliances encouraged and one of our eminent lawyers gained for himself the highest fame when he contrived by hard fighting to gain for the son of an executioner an entrance into the college of surgeons in vain did guilds and corporations oppose one dam after another was broken through the toleration of the religious parties towards each other was not merely taught but practised and the civil constitution was threatened with a still greater influence when an effort was made to recommend to that good-humoured age with understanding acuteness and power toleration toward the jews those new subjects for legal treatment which lay without the law and tradition and only laid claim to a fair examination to a kindly sympathy required at the same time a more natural and animated style here for us the youngest was opened a cheerful field in which we bustled about with delight and i still recollect that an imperial councillor's agent in a case of the sort sent me a very polite letter of commendation the french pledoys served us for patterns and for stimulation we were thus on the way to becoming better orators than jurists a fact to which george schlosser once called my attention blaming me while doing so i told him that i had read to my clients a controversial paper written with much energy in their favour at which they had shown the greatest satisfaction upon this he replied to me in this case you have shown yourself more an author than an advocate we must never ask how such a writing may please the client but how it may please the judge End of section 12